Hi, I'm Sarah, the mom of a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And I'm Claire, the mom of an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. everything podcast it is the end of july should i not look at you <laughs> like I, who am I saying? we're here claire has the giggles <laughs> she can't stop i don't even know why anymore i don't know what you're laughing at you're like she's crying she's legitimately crying from laughing and i have no idea why <laughs> Pulling it together, Ooh. friends. All right. All right. Um, is it just the relief that your child made it home safe? After I think a so. Week you know what? We've or... been up. It's Saturday, but we have been up for a while. So, yes. Let's talk about that. Okay. I didn't really mention it last week on the podcast, but um, I don't know. Maybe I did. My oldest, who's eight, mm-hmm. went to his first sleepaway camp last Ooh. week, which was really big news around our mm-hmm. house, as you might imagine. Um. He was completely just like cold as ice. Fi- totally Didn't fine. Mean. See you later, mom. Packed a week in advance. Got yelled at because he packed his toothbrush a week in advance. Oh, and yeah. like that gets gross. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And we picked him up today and just tanned. I'm pretty sure aged about three years in a week, <laughs> if that's humanly possible. Uh-huh. And full of camp songs and... Just love and life. Exhausted. He had a little bit of a black eye from something called Gaga Ball. Um, If you're familiar. Um, I totally don't actually know what that is either. Maybe our guest today can clue us in. Yes. She Um, might know a thing or two about children's might. About camp. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But... But generally just exhausted, happy, thrilled, asking how quickly we can sign up again for next year and asking if he can go two weeks. So it's a it's a two week camp that you can sign up for one, the other or both. Okay. Um, So, yeah, we have we have some thinking to do between now and then. But it was it was really, really awesome. I can't say enough good things about how it was organized, how. I mean, they were, like, out doing water sports on the mm-hmm. lake, on this inner tube. They were rock wall climbing. They were, and you know. what, about an hour away? About an hour Tulsa? away from okay. Tulsa. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was, a, anyway, great experience. Uh, and, and you're right. I probably am giddy with relief at this point. I've been <laughs> this little ball of tension all week long because the, the thing about it, and I get why it's this way, um, the kids can't communicate to you. That just is not a thing. There's no no contact. I can send him emails to, like, a generic email address that they will then print out and, like, lay on his bed or bring to him. Okay. Um, That's nice. But that's it. So he can hear from me. I can't hear from him. And also, they're posting pictures on, you know, whatever Flickr or or whatever they're using. Um, And so, you know, every night. Like all, like all the moms are texting, like, sure. what, where's your kid? Have you seen any pictures of my kid kind of thing? And we, there were just a few days where he was just like absent from. And I, of course, what, what I'm just like, oh, God, he's curled up under a bunk bed somewhere. Like <laughs> you're rocking back and forth. And of course, none of that was true. Right. Um, he was just too busy just to, to stand still for the, the camera, you know, just not in the pictures. So um, anyway. So he made it. Did he, he made have it. friends that he was there with? or? Yeah. So he had one little boy that he goes to school with okay. that was um, – they were in the same cabin together. They 
um, contrived to have bunk beds right next to okay. each other, which was perfect. And then there was a little girl who's a dear, uh, a, a child of a friend of ours okay. who got picked up today by a mom holding an adorable puppy. Would I you like to share that about is. that, Sarah? <laughs> so, yeah, I have a foster puppy update because I know everyone's been waiting. So one of Claire's good friends, who's a podcast listener, um, saw our pictures on Instagram, reached out, and they had recently had their dog pass away, and they met her, love her, and she is now in her forever home with um, them and their wonderful family. Like, she's your friend, but now she's like my friend, too, because we've been communicating so much over this puppy. And uh, puppy number two is now in her forever home. Which which is? is my home. (laughs) What was that? That was supposed to be a drum roll. Wasn't. There you go. (laughs) Sound effect for that. (laughs) To probably no one's surprise, I have ended up keeping one of these puppies. (laughs) No, I Um, was explaining this whole situation to my husband, and he's like, yes. Yeah, obviously. That's obviously how that was going to turn out. I I really, honestly, did not have the intent. I was really... (laughs) Trying to hold firm, like, we didn't change their names from the names that the Humane Society gave them. We kept them in their kennel. We didn't, you know, I mean, at night and stuff. We didn't sure. let them on the couch. We tried to be totally by the book. But my six-year-old completely fell in love with this puppy. He begged, begged. He worked us over about this dog. It was everything from just at night talking about how much he loves the dog Um asking us for weeks if we could keep her um when it when I knew that the other one was taken care of and going to a friend who then the appeal was oh now we can get together with our dogs and our kids (laughs) who have now become friends as well and you know just because they've come by to pick her up or drop something off and so I I got on board with it and I was okay with it um I have, I've always said, because you know, I have two boy children, two mm-hmm. boy dogs, mm-hmm. so I have, ever since that happened, threatened that I was going to get myself a little girl dog that I can put, like, a flowery pink collar on. And mm-hmm. so she came. She's a little girl. She gets along with our other dogs. So And her name from the Humane Society is, is Emma. And are you guys and sticking I, with that I now? think at this point we mm-hmm. are because we've been calling her that yeah, for the last month or so. Sure. The other one's name, I think they're changing her name. Mm-hmm. Um Slightly. So he begged and begged. Wednesday night, he was asking and asking, and we knew that the other dog was, you know, going away. And he finally, Grant just turned during dinner and said, you know what? Okay, we can keep the dog. This six-year-old boy turns around and, like, ugly cries to Grant. <laughs> he was so happy. It, it made every bit of it worth it because he... He just happy cried. He was so cute. He's your child. He swear he is. I know. Well, yeah. He one knows how to lay the. He like laid the groundwork for that convincing to happen. He got me on board. Then got Grant on board. You know, it was just like he he knew how to lay the foundation to get what he wanted. Those are important life situations. It is. I agree. Yeah. It is. And he's a hundred percent my child. Yeah. So, yeah. So he. Um, He's he has been doing a great job at helping take care of her. He's been cleaning up any potty messes. He's left her outside. He plays with her. So we're now a three dog family. Well, congratulations. Which, yeah, I mean it's been worse. We've had three dogs and three cats at one point. So I clearly do not yeah. mind 
pet chaos. And a perk I thought of today, actually, while I was cleaning up some of the kids' stuff, is that this now absolves me from getting any sort of, like, rodent fish lizard type pet which he has also asked for oh. in the past I'm like I would way rather have a dog absolutely than a rodent fish lizard yeah an animal an animal yeah. that loves you back you exactly know? totally so, yeah yeah so that's what's going on in our world okay we talked about it a little bit but um why don't you tell the listening audience who our guest is today yay we're back with one of our very good friends, Brooke Knight. Um, we brought her in. She is camp director, co-director, assistant, assistant. director um, at the camp that our kids are at this summer. Um, and she also recently moved into a new home with her kids. So we're going to talk with her a little bit about that. Our boys. Her boys are the exact same age as mine. Yes. Yeah, so um, you guys have known each other since first kid, mm-hmm. toddler years. Oh, Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, our our oldest had a really great first year in class together and then never, ever got to be in class together ever again. <laughs> but you know what? Have stuck it out. Yep. So, and yeah. Anyway, I'm yeah. really excited Brooke's here. It's going to be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll take a quick break and be back with Brooke Knight. All right. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at themiddleofeverythingpodcast.com, on Instagram or Facebook at the Middle of Everything and on Twitter at T-M-O-E Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. All right. We're back with uh, Brooke Knight. Mm -hmm. Say hi, Brooke. Hi. (laughs) Hot mic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Brooke, you tell us what you do at Riverfield Country Day School, what your current job title is, and then what you do when it's not summertime there. Okay. So I've been at Riverfield for about 12 years, depending on how you count a year school year versus calendar. And um, I do a lot of stuff. Um, In the summer, this is my first year to be the assistant director of the summer camp program. We call it Camp Raven. And that's super exciting because I've been a camp counselor as long as I've been an employee pretty much. And um, so being on the operations end of things and planning it has been super cool. You still get to engage with kids, but you don't have that like permanent sense of exhaustion (laughs) of constantly (laughs) planning activities. And, um, and then during the school year, I teach a couple of different courses and I'm an assistant to the head of middle and upper school, help with student council and a whole bunch of assorted stuff. Yearbook? Are you still doing yearbook? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where would yearbook be without? without yeah. You? It's, totally. it's my favorite. Yeah. And you teach in the upper school. Correct. Um, this particular school goes all the way from infants infant to 12th to... grade. Yeah. And that's cool because um, a lot of our camp counselors um, are middle and upper school teachers and they get a chance to kind of break up the, the kind of age range that they work with. And that's really nice. Yeah. So we said this at the top of the show. Brooke's kids are eight and six, mm-hmm. both boys. Mm-hmm. What up, yeah. boy Familiar. moms in the room? Yeah. Um, and one thing I wanted to definitely talk about with you today is your recent move. Oh so, um, Brooke and Paul, how long had you been at your last house, like ballpark? Um, like twelve years. So both your boy for sure since yes. pre kid. So this is the first time moving with kids, mm-hmm. and their new house is beautiful. It's still in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, actually, geographically, not that far away, but, like, 
You it know, seems like it, though. It does. It, yeah, for sure. And so I want to know all about that because I, I feel like, number one, it's pretty seasonal. I think summer is, for sure, the most popular time to move, whether it's around town or if you're moving for a job, out of town, whatever. Um, and I had another friend recently go through this. And I feel like moving with two kids in tow is probably a very different experience than when you guys move the last go-round and getting them – their space situated, talking to them about what's going to happen and, you know, kind of involving them in the process. I don't know how involved they were. So maybe we start at the beginning with like the house hunt okay. or, or, or leading up to that. Did you talk to them about the fact you guys were planning to move or was this for a long time? Okay. Um, I think that if you know me, you know, I've been obsessed with Zillow for like mm, as long as you know, have known me. <laughs> so um, when, you know, we had a a good starter home. It was a 1,300-square-foot midtown one-level ranch kind of jobby. And um, we loved it, and it was cute. Um, but we also have a lot of belongings mm-hmm. um, as the only daughter of an only daughter of an only daughter. I don't see how I'm going to totally get away from that ever. <laughs> so um, that had just started to get really tight. Well, when Parker was a toddler – We had started to talk about it, and then poof, along came Brady. Mm -hmm. Um, So at that point, we refinanced the house, and we said we're here for another several years. Now that both of my kids are in kindergarten, as an employee of the school, I get a little bit of a cut off of Mm -hmm. tuition. So Now that your youngest is in kindergarten. Right. Mm -hmm. So no surprise that right around the time that both of my boys are in kindergarten is the time when we're able to start thinking about – moving. So we talked to the boys about how wouldn't it be great if we had some more space for you guys? And, you know, I I chickened out several times. I was like, you know what? We'll just stay forever. It'll be fine. We'll pay it off. And I just won't have to deal with the stress of it. Because, like, inertia is the easiest possible thing. Yeah. Like, we'll just right. love Absolutely. the stay here. Well, and I just felt like it was going to take so much work. Yeah. Um, we lived in a neighborhood with a lot of starter homes and a lot of houses around the same price point, And I felt like we were just going to need to do a lot of work to make ours stick out mm-hmm. um, based on the housing market. And because, again, obsessed. Um, <laughs> You're an expert. <laughs> I know. Um, I was so proud when we finally, like, moved and I deleted the apps. That was, like, a really happy day. <laughs> oh, I never deleted it. I still look at it. Don't sometimes. worry. I've re-downloaded yeah. them since then because now I'm convinced that we can convince our family to move back to Tulsa. And so I'm always, like, sending them links to houses. Like, look how affordable this is. And it's in my same neighborhood. Oh, so that'll be coolest. just great. Walking distance. Yeah. Um, so... We talked about it, and my oldest, I often say he's a bag of feelings wrapped in skin. And I know that sounds a little vulgar, but he just has big feelings. And so that cued the waterworks a number of times. Um, you know, this is the house, the only home I've ever known, and, you know, really major stuff like that. And so we were just really patient. Again, it was a long process. So we had plenty of time to be like, I know this is a change. It's a really big change and we will get through it. And you can always love this home even if we don't live here. It can always have a special place in your heart. Also, just he has two teacher parents yes. who speak this way. You, oh, I mean, right. Are, yeah, we know the words. You speak this way to your kids all the time. You're the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Sarah, like, frequently will be like, oh, God, there were my Riverfield words. Like, yeah, I just. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't we need our Riverfield words. All the time. Yes. I often 
often say if I didn't work there, I would never have known how to speak to my children. <laughs> you may been, use walking feet. Yeah. I would have been like, you're buying kids, you know, yeah. like it would have been a totally different experience. So I'm really thankful for that. So we talked about it for a really long time. We spent forever, it feels like, you know, balancing time versus money in terms of upgrading our house and getting everything ready. We had wanted to list it about a year ago because we're teachers and we have more time in the summer. And so I felt like it would have been easier to handle listings and getting out of the house for the day. But none of that happened. And so um, right when we finally listed our house was kind of a crazy time personally as well because – um, it always is. Well, yeah. Never no, life's easy. life's not easy. But That's in your just case, not a thing. It was well, okay. Stuff. So I was taking care of my grandmother um, as her primary caregiver. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she was living in assisted living, and she had home health coming, but I was the only surviving family member really to take care of her. So she um, decided to go on, you know, hospice comfort care measures right about the time. Um, that we were just about ready to list the house. And we had talked about it, she and I, a lot, and she always wanted us to have our dream home or whatever. So she passed away. (laughs) And it was fairly sudden. And then um, we were moments from listing our house. We'd met with our realtor. We'd done all the things she wanted us to do. We were ready. And then nine days later, Paul's grandmother, my husband, um, passed away. And Um, My grandmother lived in Tulsa, so no big deal. His grandmother lived in South Carolina. Big deal. So we actually managed to hurry up and get the house listed as we were leaving out of town to go to the funeral. So that was a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was fall, thankfully. So... Um, I would get a call, and I have a fairly flexible teaching schedule. I have free periods during the the day. And... um, so I would get a call. Yes, we can do a showing at that time. I'd run home during my free period, clean the house from the back to the front, grab the dogs, stick them in the car, drive back to work, teach my next class, leave them in the car because it was fall and it wasn't that hot. And um, if anyone heard them howling in the parking lot, I just figured mm-hmm. it'll be fine. There's other animals to worry about. Lots of animals <laughs> at our school. So, um, But we managed to sell the house in six weeks. That is amazing for asking price. So we were elated. And because so many of our loved ones had recently passed, we were able to put a little bit more money than we might have been able to in our next home. So that was when we said, you know what? This is the only time we want to do this. Let's just do it. So um, we searched and searched and it was – we sold our house over Christmas break when we were in New Hampshire visiting my Mm in-laws. So we agreed and we had agreed to a closing date that was – a little bit over a month, like a month and two days after we got back in town. That meant, but at that point, did you ha- you didn't have a contract on a house? Correct. So <laughs> why on earth did you agree to that closing date? She you offered so... me list price, girl. <laughs> Take it. You can find a house. Uh, and again, like, it's not like I was not. It's not price. like I wasn't. You know, we had l- seen a few houses. Yes. I had running lists you of, had a mental short on list. three different, yes. you yes. know, realty you. websites mm-hmm. of which houses. And we had seen a few to at least get a feeling yeah. for what we did and didn't like in person. Right. 
So we get back in town and we spend the next two days doing nothing else. One of the times we got a sitter. One of the times we dragged the kids to like eight houses in a day. I don't recommend dragging your kids to eight houses in a day. They will be feral and they will <laughs> like they will test out the density of the carpet by rolling around like animals all over the house and embarrassing you. Just to leaving high their scent. Just marking. Yeah, just, just marking. marking it, you know. And uh, does this one let me beat up my brother well, you know? (laughs) So we finally find the perfect house. We put in an offer. We find out the same day, right as we're putting in an offer. And this is like over New Year's, P.S. So, you know, thank you, realtor, for being a family friend who was like, sure, I'll come in on New Year's Eve. So we're drawing up an offer. We found out that two other people are offering on this house. And we were like, but we have to move on a certain date. So this has to happen. So we put in a strong offer and extra earnest money. They accept the offer like an hour later. And we're like, oh, life is magical. Thank goodness we did this. Yeah, it was a Riverfield family. We found out after the offer was accepted. That's right. I forgot this whole part of the story. Yes. And so, but you know what? That made it so much better because like my husband and the woman who owned the house before, we sometimes will text back and forth and be like, "Uh, what's up with this sprinkler system? I don't understand how this works. Like, why is there not a light switch in this place? I think there should be a light switch. So it was actually really great. And by the time we were actually moving, the boys really had time to like adjust to the idea of it it really wasn't so terrible um i mean you give them a big three thousand square foot house to run around in and all they're seeing is i'm gonna run around and like mark some more carpet you know and a magical backyard i mean it really is like thank you thank you and it was it was you know it was such a it took up my entire brain for months and months and months and so we finally get in there we move and honestly how was it to move with two boys? You stick them in front of the television while you pack all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I hi- really you didn't hire movers. You guys did it yourself. We packed everything. We hired movers to move it. And then through some sort of, you know, Brooke hates the phone. Like, that's yeah. just a fun fact about me. I hate talking on the phone. So, that's so millennial of you. Oh, super. <laughs> um, no, I just, it's just anxiety based, really. You know, like people will hear my voice. Like, I was stressed enough about this because I don't like the sound of my <laughs> but own voice. That's how we got you on the podcast. Well, because I love you. So I. Tell the movers the house we're moving from and the house we're moving to. And I think they only heard the first part of that because the moving company sent two movers, two humans, (laughs) to move move into a four-bedroom, four-bath house, three-bath house, whatever it is, four. So that was a really long day. Yeah. No doubt. And my mother-in-law was here because she is a precious angel from heaven, and I love her. I know most other people don't feel their way about their mother-in-law, but – None of you have my mother-in-law, so right. mm-hmm. um, she you, always. You won the lottery. I really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would keep Paul even like, if <laughs> it was just him. for his family. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say like you would keep his family if even keep Paul, right? For sure. <laughs> totally. And I feel like they feel kind yes. of the same way, so it works out. So um, as soon as we got in, the boys were like, "Oh my god, what were we thinking? This is so great." Tell me about rooms. Did they get to pick their own rooms? Yes, but it was a very natural thing. It was like, don't you feel like this would be your room and this would be your room? Oh, no fighting. And they were like, yeah. Well, we picked our older son's room because it has bookshelves built in. And he 
just in second grade only, like before that, he didn't care that much. But in second grade, there was some sort of a light switch inside his brain and he will just devour books, just mm. devour them, which is awesome. So Nothing good. could make me prouder. Yeah. And because um, I was always a kid that fell asleep with like a book on my chest mm-hmm. and the light's still on. Mm-hmm. And That's um, me now. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> I read a lot of books when Brady was a baby and I was nursing because you're yeah. doing nothing for an hour. Yeah. And you're like, well, all right, I never read Jane Eyre, you yeah. know. So it actually worked out really smoothly. Um, the day of the move was terrible, but because um, I've is. well, and I've never been so tired in my whole life. Like you're like, oh, I'm 37, not 27. I get it now. Did you close on both houses on the same? <laughs> That's day? a funny story. Okay, tell okay. Me. So we had to close on the house so that the buyer could move into our old house. Fine. Um, And then we told the mortgage company at the get-go, like, I know this is like 30 days or 29 days or whatever. And they're like, oh, it's going to be no problem. Um, And we asked that like five or six times. And they're like, oh, yeah, everything's great. And then, of course, like a week out, they're like, (laughs) P.S., not going to be able to close on the same day. But we can do the next day. Or maybe two days later. I think it was the next day. And we were like, well, but that's not going to work for me because I have all of these belongings. And so we just asked the people we were buying the house from if we could move in a day before closing. And thankfully, again, they knew we were decent people and um, they went for it. And so it ended up being kind of great because we did a closing, then moved, then woke up the next day and did another closing. So it wasn't too terrible. And we were able to do some paperwork in advance that made it a lot smoother. It seems like those... Closing dates are always like this moving tar. It, it, I find a it's house a- is the most frustrating process ever. Sarah, you moved. Um, was Ta- Towns wasn't born yet. No. You moved with just Bowie. Bowie was yeah. uh, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you guys moved a little over place. one. We moved mm-hmm. into our house. So it, he, he was not. didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was still in a crib. I mean, he was still right. young enough that it was no big deal as, as far as. He went, and and luckily, we did not have to have our house on the market with a baby because ours just sort of, it just so happened that someone wanted to buy our house, and we like were you like, weren't even, sure. Right. It was like a knock on the door, right? Yeah, like, basically. Can I buy your house? Yeah, situation. someone. Someone called a realtor who was Grant's stepmom and uh, was looking for a house in our neighborhood, and she knew that we had been toying with the idea of moving because it was a smaller house, and we, mm-hmm. we wanted to have another child, and we were sort of like... Okay, we need a little more space if we're going to have another baby. I have a home office that takes up a bedroom. And so it was just kind of like, let's. Uh, Admittedly, let's go ahead and do though, it. you live in, lived at that time in a neighborhood that is like experiencing all the cool now. Like yes. everyone wants to be in that neighborhood. And so, so it's, it's Lortonvale. Right, yeah, right, yes. right, right on the, you know, beginnings mm-hmm. of that. Someone really just wanted to buy our house. And it's this really cool, let's just describe it for people who haven't yeah. seen it. You are from Tulsa, this neighborhood. So so one of my very nearest humans lives there now. And it's mm-hmm. a it's this coolest 50s, mid-century mod. Mm-hmm. All the houses, though, are, I'm going to say, uh, small is not even the word I want, but like mid-size. What's yeah. the average square footage there? Like 1,500 square feet? Yeah, maybe? I, 14 to maybe 1,800 square feet, depending Low slung. on. They all have the oh, flat, yeah, the flat roofs. They were all built to be kind of like affordable family homes mm-hmm. in that in a part of Tulsa where there's some really big houses around it, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, but but this neighborhood is very clearly, like, of a generation. Like, like they mm-hmm. came in and built all these houses in the 50s at the same time. Some of them have, like, really funky features on the inside, really cool mm-hmm. architectural details. 
And the Neighborhood Association, from what I hear, I've never lived there, but is very engaged. Oh, you yeah. can probably talk more to that. But it's like wonderful. They're, they want to keep it keep it the way it yeah. is. It's, it's a like great, a little slice of Palm Beach in Tulsa. There are a lot of, <laughs> yes, because it's yeah. so mid-century. And yes. so a lot of architects live in that neighborhood. A lot of sort of artists, designers, people that appreciate the mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. And so it was always a great neighborhood for, we would have get-togethers. Or we had a lot of friends in the neighborhood. Um, I bought that house when I was single after I got divorced. And so, again, it was a smaller, I think we had about 1,400 feet, plus we had this room off the back of the garage that basically was just a storage space for us. Nice. Um, because it's a one-car garage and... We had a lot of stuff, and so um, we, yeah, we had lived there for a few years and just decided um, we had been thinking about it, and mm-hmm. then someone just magically wanted to buy our house, and so we took it, We, you know, we're like, yeah. okay, great, we don't have to really do a bunch of work, we don't have to put this on the market when we have a baby and three dogs and two cats yeah. and 1,400 square feet, and so we had to do the thing where we had a contract on our house and had to hurry up and go find a house. And then because of some construction that was being done at the new house, had to rent our own house back for, I think, two or three weeks from the oh, people wow. that bought it. Um, oh, that's and a we neat, just Yeah, we, you just paid. We just said, you know, and they had a deadline to get out of where they were, but it was workable. And so we just mm-hmm. basically paid them rent for three weeks to extend until we moved into our house. And um, I don't anticipate moving from our house anytime soon. One, because I hate moving. Two, uh, it's a great house. We love it. We love our neighborhood. And we've now had this massive construction project. I was going to say. We're we're in it for a while at this point. Yeah, now that you've been through that, like, you're emotionally committed. Yes, 100%. But (laughs) I've moved uh, three or four different – I've owned and sold, you know, three or four different Mm -hmm. homes in my my day. And I know that 100% the buying, closing, you know, process is – horrible no matter what the situation is you know Mm -hmm. it just seems like I I, am just baffled how does this how does that even work like how does it it's so complicated that way because I mean we were getting weird um, requests for paperwork at the time I had a blog that really wasn't like a big money I mean it may may have had like a few hundred dollars in the account and it was run by a few girls and Mm -hmm. it was just marketing, you know, money that would come in, we would immediately put back into it. And I, they were grilling me. Yeah. I'm like, we're buying a whole house. Why <laughs> are you so fat fixated on this $400 account that I share with six other girls? Like, what is happening? Like, it was so frustrating. And it I was- had to move money around because I wasn't allowed to buy the house, put the down payment on the house from a certain bank account. Yeah, I mean... It had to come... So I had to, like, wire the money to a different bank account. It was a whole thing. It's a thing. I keep telling everyone, never again. It is the nursing home after this. I've already got plans. There's a 55 plus, Mm -hmm. you know, like, (laughs) really close to where I work. So we'll just get on the waiting list for that. We know by then we will have paid off most of our house. Or if we're magically healthy, because, again... I've been a caretaker for some elderly family members. Mm -hmm. So, like, I am well aware of the fact that I will not be living there when I'm 80. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Even when my kids go to college, I'm probably going to be like, what do we do with that whole upstairs thing, you know? (laughs) Except that I can convert all their bedrooms to art studios. 
That would be amazing. It's going to be great. So So your house is, it's what, twice basically the size. Yeah, we doubled the house for sure. So my question to you is, two parts. so two parts. One, did you go through, understanding it wasn't a function of like space requirements, did you go through any kind of like purging process as through the move? And then second would be like how you thought about decorating or filling all that extra space that you have now. So like what did you So part 1, did you get rid of anything when you were moving or were you I just tried. Like keeping it? Okay. Well, you know, if you're going to stage a 1300 square foot house, you better get some stuff out of there. Like you better remove at least 40% of your belongings. But remove by remove you mean you put them in storage mm, mostly or you sold? Yeah. Donated? yeah. We donated yeah. tons of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um you know, I don't have like I we're on two teacher salaries, so I don't like raise money for charity on the reg, but I also feel like I'm not so poor that I can't just give those things away. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people, in fact a lot of other teachers like sell all their extra like old baby gear and clothes and they do like just between friends no get it out of here (laughs) i want it gone somebody else probably needs it so carloads of stuff Mm -hmm. um went to charity and you know again we have all these like family members things that we've inherited and we're trying to inherit less like but you've also got some pretty meaningful things i was gonna say i've seen some of the furniture in your new house too that is really really pretty um but uh yeah we still have a 10 by 20 storage unit yeah and it's full of stuff and i don't know if we still want that stuff Mm -hmm. or if we know where we're gonna put it because just because you have a bigger house doesn't mean you have a place for everything right Mm -hmm. I it seems like you would, but you don't. Well, and you guys have still been in there, you know, six months. We've been there six so months. It's, but it takes a while to sort of figure out how you are going to live in a space. And maybe Absolutely. when you buy the house, you think it's one thing, and then you're mm-hmm. in there for a few months, and you're like, oh, right. We don't use this room for that. We use it for this. So yes. let's right. are the kids really We're now in that phase. Yeah. We're now in that phase mm-hmm. where like, okay, so this seems like a good idea to stick my easel in this tiny corner of the guest room, but I'm doing like acrylic pouring paintings. Well, you ha- can't do those on an easel. You have to have a flat space. Right. So we you know, I was really inspired by your boy's Lego room slash your office. <laughs> and so we just got out like a banquet table and put it in my oldest's room. And then we took the little desk where I Im- imagined him doing homework, which is so not a thing. Because if I don't <laughs> sit on him while he does his homework, it's not getting right. done. And so we moved that into the guest room. And like I can do some art on there instead of having to do it on the guest bed. Mm-hmm. Seems less than ideal to have Probably. to put drop cloths on the bed. <laughs> Um, and so, yes, we're definitely in that rearranging phase yeah. mm-hmm, where and we're just like, oh, I hate this piece of furniture there. That was a bad idea. Yeah. Guess what? Our new thing is we found out that we have, you know, we have this big space like behind the couch in the living room. Yes. And I always wanted to put um, like a little table there behind the couch. I got to put my LaCroix somewhere, you know, and I was going <laughs> to I was going to get a tall Christmas tree big ass Christmas tree Mm -hmm. and put it in that spot and I had visions but then we had emptied that space out and my husband and I looked at each other and I swear sometimes the best things like the only reason I know that we were super meant to be together is when things like this happen we looked at each other and we were both like haven't you been thinking about how it'd be cool to have a piano there oh my god you're (laughs) putting a piano and he was like oh my god I was just thinking about that well the school owns a piano that we then loaned to one of Paul's professors from TU um, because the school didn't have room for it anymore. So I don't know if it's a grand or a baby grand because I haven't seen it in forever. It's got to be a baby, right? Okay. So anyway, 
at the end of September, it's moving into our house. Exciting. So we're really excited, even though it's going to take up all that place. I was going to put a big ass Christmas tree. You've got someplace else to put a tree. I already, don't worry, I've already figured it out. And so you alluded to the second part of your question being about like decorating and rearranging things. And um, I've never had a mantle. You do now. And I have a mantle now. And so it is so fun to like buy a thing and then put it on your mantle because we have way too much stuff. That's true. But this is the first time we get to be very intentional about Mm -hmm. our stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I am just really enjoying like making design decisions almost sure. instead of just like well we have this let's put it here right and um, something that's been so fun yeah so fun and like just rearranging everything that we already owned so we lived in a 50s house but now that den that we have almost feels more mid-century modern than when we lived in a 50s mm-hmm. home you know what I mean because we realized that like we weren't doing that just because we live there we actually like it and right. so we're able to shuffle things around and it everything feels a lot more intentional which just makes me feel like such a grown-up I think this is a huge part of being in your 30s I was just talking to a friend about this that like so first of all um you got married in your 20s yeah. I got married in my 20s crazy young um I got Sarah- married in my 20s and my 30s <laughs> exactly Sarah, <laughs> Sarah has hey. maximum experience yeah, yeah. not high in this way um but i feel like you know the things you registered for the things you bought when you were sort of setting up that first home number one in our case we were flat flat broke oh totally. so everything was um you know gum and tape and like mm-hmm. you know clearance sections at, at different places um nothing wrong with that we made it last as long as it possibly mm-hmm. could but now i feel like we're in this sort of like wave of like that kind of stuff only lasts so long right. and also me just kind of figuring out like oh like tuscan plates aren't my thing like right. you know and 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 also releasing myself from this idea that i have to keep them cuz they were a wedding present mm-hmm. and now i can i, I don't know it was just, it's something that has evolved i've noticed it in myself over the last couple of years talking to other girlfriends who are kind of in the same range is me as just being like oh wait know thyself mm-hmm. and also i am empowered to do something about that right. at this point. I mean, right. nobody's made of money, but, like, once you find your taste and you can really start curating yes. your world and your spaces around what you love as as opposed to what is either, like, popular at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, that you are that you happen to be registering for wedding gifts or whatever it may be, um, or that, like, other people, like, maybe have gifted you or handed down to you. Because we, please know, we relied on a lot of hand-me-downs right. for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a really, it's a fun, like, minute to be alive. It know? is. Yeah, like, I feel like I now have an awareness of, like, what my style sort of mm-hmm. is, which yeah. I've never had before. Um, and I feel like Sarah's experience is a little bit different because that's your your work world, like, is design. Right. And, that's right. And She's a pro. evaluating all that stuff. But for me, it is like a, an awakening. Well, and then for me, there's this challenge of, I, I mean, I know what I would like to have. Right. But then there's what I can afford. Or uh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm like a, I'm just going to leave this empty until I can get the <laughs> thing I want, really. And, and that's going to be a little while because I still have a child in full-time daycare. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm, yeah. you know, it's this sort of constant but I do think you know your your style one changes as you get older and um you you sort of figure out that you don't have to to do what's trendy or you can but you know you just figure out a way to sort of balance that 
Um, and we'll probably talk about this more next week, too, because our guest is Ashley Daly, does interior styling and as a co-owner of Retro Den. We'll talk about that a little bit, you know, different different topic. But it's definitely fun to have that more space to play with, because I know when you have a small house like that and you guys have a lot of stuff, just, again, hand-me-downs and Paul's job has a lot of equipment. We had a lot of stuff in our small house because we were both coming from bigger houses. Should we say what Paul does? So he teaches rock band. Yeah. I don't yeah. think we've said that yet. No. Oh. This is the problem with interviewing a girlfriend yeah. is, like, you well, just assume everyone jumps in Also, right the at. problem with Paul is that his job sounds so cool. Um, <laughs> he gets to teach rock music to kids for, like, a living. Like, who mm-hmm. does that? And um, it's just one of those many reasons where, like, I love him and I'm also turbo jealous of him yes. at all times. <laughs> and he has a lot of stuff. He I've does have a lot of stuff. New, oh, have you seen the house. Room of Requirement? Yeah. Yes, we. I've now yes. renamed that okay. the Room of Paul's Requirement. Yes. So that's so funny because I was going to mention this, which was as you're describing, like, the spaces in your house and everything, I was thinking the very first time I saw Brooke's house, and I think you too, Sarah, mm-hmm. your, your new house, it was for Brady's birthday party, which was a Harry Potter theme, and Brooke, who you already know is a visual artist and highly creative, I mean, this entire, for sure the first floor, maybe all of it, I don't even remember, like, you, like, themed out on the Harry Potter in a amazing, awesome. fun mm-hmm. way. But the funniest, but then when I went back to your house after the party, I was like, oh, there aren't black drapes there? Or are there, like, it's not that I thought that there really was, it was just, like, seeing it because I had only ever known it decorated right. as Hogwarts. Yeah. Like, then coming back and be just, like, re-getting a, my feel for That room space. of requirement signs stayed up in that room, though. <laughs> so um, some things stuck. Yeah. But thank you. That was my house's coming out party. That was awesome. And um, that was girl. really fun for me. It was great. Because, you know, we moved in in January, at the end of January. And then the party was in April. So it gave me just enough time to ha- to have yep. some empty spaces still um, and be able to, like, play with it like that. That was so fun. So speaking of Paul's job, should we take a quick break? And then we want to come back because you guys have a very unique situation with your family and hmm. um, that you both teach at the same school and your children attend that school. So we want to dig into yeah. that. So we'll take a quick break and be back. Okay, we're back with Brooke Knight. And as Sarah mentioned right before the break, um, Brooke is a teacher at a school here in Tulsa. Her husband teaches at the same school, runs the rock band program there. And then both of her children attend that school and have since infancy. Absolutely. And they're now going into third and first. Uh-huh. Um, so we, I mean, Sarah and I have questions about that when some of these I think we've talked about before, but some, but honestly, actually, weirdly not. It's yeah. like being in Rome and just never visiting the sites. Like right. I have <laughs> always wanted to ask some you of these questions. Down. How does that work for e- you? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. my first question is how often or are, are you seeing the kids during the day? Like on an average day, what does that look like in terms of drop off and how you guys handle all of that? Sure. Okay. That's an awesome question. Um, We tend to, um, as we call it, maybe it's not very kind, but divide and conquer when we can. And so um, a lot of times we all leave around the same time, but one kid goes with one parent and one kid goes with the other parent. 
Why do we not all carpool together? Because my husband, fun fact, music teachers don't make that much more money than anyone else. So he teaches private um, lessons. And that's an important part of any music educator is private lessons. So he teaches private lessons from 3.30 to 5.30 or 6 or even 6.30 every day. After school, yeah. And so there's no way that we could all ride in one car because if I don't have dinner on the table a nanosecond, he walks in the door. It's mutiny. So um, so we don't <laughs> very often. makes him sound like delightfully old school. You guys yeah. are n- n- no, no way old No, because of the children. Yeah. No, the children have to eat. Like if like, you don't and feed if them. I don't have a whiskey glass no. with four yeah. ice cubes. Um, Oh, and slippers I do by like the to door. think about how I'd be the worst 50s wife. Ever. <laughs> I would be the freaking Just worst. the worst. Oh, my God. Okay. So, no. It's really because if the children don't eat, they'll burn the house to the ground, really? right? And um, and so we don't often carpool, um, but we all leave at the same time. And um, then everyone argues over who's going to ride with who because, you know, everyone wants to be with mommy. And then daddy gets his feels hurt about it. Mm-hmm. And um, but he always has to come home by himself. So we usually, you know, we negotiate and I always have to bring the kids home because I just do. And that's just our dynamic. Um, so we drop off. And now that the kids are in kindergarten, you know, are in lower school, we can just drop them off in the circle drive. We don't have to park the car, get their 900 belongings, walk them in, have tearful goodbyes, have a teacher peel them off of me and then run, you know, like run away mm-hmm. um, feeling all that guilt. And all, it was hard, run you away. know. 200 yards into the next building. True story. <laughs> Do you think story. that was part of it? Do you think because they knew you weren't actually going that far? Sometimes. Was that part of the dynamic? Sometimes. Okay. When they were little, um, especially like infants, bye-bye buggy age, you know, they have this little buggy they wheel around the halls. Um, I became a ninja. Anytime I had to go over to the main building, which is where all the preschool and primary school is, and turn in paperwork or things like that, which I had to do pretty frequently, I would time it around nap time. I would um, like scope out my route and like hide behind corners to make sure that my babies were not around the corner because once they saw me, you know, once they popped, it couldn't stop. So um, but now that they're in lower school, it has gotten so much easier. Mm -hmm. They just kind of like, hey, mom, what's up? And then my sweet boys, because luckily they're still little enough, you know, Mm -hmm. that um, they'll run up and give me a hug and then bugger back off again. And it is. It is just like a cloud has been lifted, you know? Um, And so it's actually really fun because I know what's going on in their lives. And maybe I have a little bit more opportunity to come do that little guest baker thing that we do on Friday afternoons or, you know, come read a book to the class. I don't do that a lot, but I at least feel like I can. Yeah. Because it's not going to be dramatic. Right. It's not going to be me taking a half day off work like it is for so many Mm -hmm. people. So um, as long as I can jive it you know like I try to do those things because I know how much they enjoy it Mm -hmm. so when we were when the boys were littler it was pretty hard um but now that they're a little bit older it's fun and um and so that part's good um the it is difficult though like when you have a tough drop off and then you just drive your car to the other parking lot (laughs) you know you don't get as much of that like transition Mm -hmm. time like uh commutes are really great for shedding the end of the work of the day. I was just thinking about that because in our family, I do drop right now. We're working. It it varies. But right now I'm handling drop off. Josh is handling pick up. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about that after drop off the other day because, you know, my kids are doing camp at Riverfield. It's like that. Like you drop them off in the circle drive. The magical experience. Oh, so great. And then as you drive away, it's like my radio 
tunes yeah. over from mm-hmm. Kids Bop or whatever I'm listening mm-hmm. to NPR. Mm-hmm. I get my minute. Mm-hmm. It's about a 10-minute drive, 15-minute drive to the office and by the time I get there I'm like not I'm out of mommy mode right I'm into professional mode mm-hmm. I've caught up on my news I've had a minute nobody's talked to me for a while and now I can walk in the door and start my day like I literally had that thought to myself the other day oh absolutely day. and so that's kind of something you're kind of you it's different for to. sure yeah. but obviously when you work at an all-ages school yeah. the environment is pretty accepting they understand that like you are both things at the same time it's not so cutthroat you yeah. know what I mean but Do not get it twisted. There are many days that after school, I drive over to Target and I shop at Target (laughs) without my children for as long as I need to shop at Target without my children. And then I come back for them. And that not only is easier because you don't have to drag your kids to every errand that you ever do. But that gives me that transition mm-hmm. time. And, um, you know, if I want to listen to, like, salt and pepper during that time or something, totally. something inappropriate, like then I can do that. Yeah. Um, but there have also been times, um, especially when they were little and I was so exhausted that I would leave work, drive my car to the other parking lot. Why do I, did I drive my car across the campus? Good question. I understand that that seems not very environmentally friendly. <laughs> um, it is because – toddlers have so much junk do you remember the days of like carrying in diapers and then they had this extra bag and well i'm done with the diapers but i'm still carrying right there's still a lot of things and and especially when they're little and it's like here's the seven bottles and three snacks that they need for one hour and like Mm -hmm. it's just a whole thing and so it's really just a lot easier you're lucky to to really make to move the car oh yes and then we invariably forget like our favorite lobby or something and it's a whole thing Mm -hmm. so but there were times that I would just drive over to the other parking lot because to me that signified not being at work so much and not knowing my students weren't going to come out to the parking lot and see (laughs) me sitting in my car and then I'd park in a quiet part of the primary parking lot and legitimately take a nap yeah (laughs) Or play on my phone for 20 minutes or whatever. And I just, you know, I just had to learn to make myself take that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what about the fact that – so you mentioned Paul stays after school. Mm -hmm. In terms of like during the day, are you – are your schedules such that like you're seeing him at work? Do you talk about work when you get home? Like how does work play into your like the dynamics of – because it seems like – the first thing I want to do when I get home is unload about my day to my husband and he does right. likewise. Yes. But when you're in the same environment, like how does that work? Okay. Uh, we eat lunch <laughs> together every day, which Aww. is super cute. But like with 20 of our favorite friends, That's you know, like our adorable. other coworkers. But yeah. like um, at this point, like we're, we're you know, best friend, husband and wife. So like we're not crazy affectionate. So the fact that we have to be professional <laughs> at work is not an issue. Like you you're know? not like – grabbing his ass on the uh, way to, I don't you know? feel like that sets a good example for the high schoolers. There's no, no PDA by the lockers no PDA. with Mr. and Mrs. Knight. Um, well, and like, so we try to address each other as Mr. and Mrs. Knight. That's the one thing our school really cares about is, you know, there are so few strict barriers that that's an important one to keep. Bookmark that. I have a story. Keep going. Okay. And, um, and then typically – People will figure out that, like, if Paul's water bottle is sitting next to me, like, that means he's getting ready to come down and sit next to me. I'd like that they should not sit there. And so I don't always care if he sits next to me at lunch, but it's cute that he wants to sit next to me. Like, that's adorable. So we sit together at lunch and um, and then occasionally we see each other. But, like, we have just gotten so busy mm-hmm. that um, 
I just don't see how that's possible. He's in a whole other building and he even has to like go outside to another building to go to the bathroom. There's no bathroom in his building. It's basically a trailer. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's closer to a different building. So I really don't see him all that much during the day. So on the day to day, it's not too bad. That's fine. But um, the downsides of working together, in the first few years, we did set limits. Like, after 9 p.m., we won't talk about school. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have kids then. So, like, you know, now it's after 9 p.m., we go to sleep, you know. (laughs) 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 Or we watch our one show or whatever. And and so now the issue is more that um, we're busy at the same times. Mm. The ebb and flow of like, oh, this is my spouse's busy season at work and I'll pick up the slack falls by the wayside when we're on the exact same schedule. And just in a school, that just tends to happen where Mm -hmm. we all have busy times at the same time. And so those are the times where like the house looks like it exploded and there's a frozen meal for most dinners, you know, or like, thank goodness for bueno. And we hate it and it's frustrating, but we also have learned to just accept it and know that this is just our reality. Mm -hmm. And so there are certain times when we try not to talk about work at all, especially if one of us is feeling negative. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if we're having a problem with a coworker, we don't need to poison the other one, you know? And so that can be complicated. Um, We still care so much about our school that we want to talk about like the you know the deep things the like Mm -hmm. vision of the future and stuff like that but um the day-to-day we have to really learn to back off of otherwise we will be mad at each other and that can kind of really blur that line Mm -hmm. um the hardest part is right about right now because i enroll every 6th through 12th grade student in their elective courses and if you don't speak school Elective courses are like, you know, your art and um, yearbook class, the best one, Um, Paul's rock band class, (laughs) and um, all the other electives that we offer. There are tons. And because rock bands can't be composed of seven drummers and no guitarist, he has to make his choices first Mm -hmm. for the whole 6th through 12th grade, which means that I can't do my job until he does his job. So that is a little That's a tense whole sometimes. Other level of nagging right there. Right. Because it's a work nag and a personal nag. Because mm-hmm. it's like I need you to respect my time to be able to do my job as your partner. Right? I need you to do this for me because my job is just as important right. as yours. But on a work level, it's like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the work speak that you just did. I was no, she's like, using oh, that great language. Yeah, again. I was it like, is. Oh, that would have been like, this get is, up off your ass it's a, and get that done because I'm tired of waiting. Well, that's for what you. I want to say. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It doesn't get me what I need. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I learned to when it's his work. I also have to speak delicately. So we just kind of do a little dance about it and hope for the best. And So how will that work going back to – circling back to the kids oh God. once they're in upper school? I don't want to think about that. It's a very small school. Mm-mm. Will they have you guys for teachers? Yeah. They will. So if one of them wants to be in rock band – I mean, there's only one yeah, other rock band Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we will definitely be their teachers at some point. Yeah. And um, I have already been – both of my boys' camp counselor mm-hmm. at some point. And that's – it's weird at first, but yeah. um, I have so much precedent of seeing, like, my boss, my sixth – you know, he's the sixth or twelfth grade principal. He has four kids. Three just graduated, like, mm-hmm. have graduated in the last four years. Yeah. And so he has been their math teacher. He has said their name at graduation. 
Um, and they and they have negotiated that really well and figured out, like, when do I call you, Mr. Clark? When do I call you, Dad? You know, whatever the dynamic is. And um, they've done that really well. So on the one hand, I feel like it'll probably be OK. We're a pretty tight family, the four of us. We actually like spending time together for now. But I also know that there could come a day where they are either, like, miscreants and get kicked out. Unlikely, but possible. <laughs> Or um, just say, I don't want to go to my mommy's school. You know, like that's weird. And so that was a factor. And when we moved, I had to consider school district for the first time because we've just always planned to send our kids there. And, you know, we're biased. But it's complicated, too, because what if my child has a behavioral issue Mm -hmm. and you have to call me in as their parent? But I'm also your coworker or I'm also your employee. Like, so I feel a little nervous sometimes that that's going to be more awkward than it actually ever has been. It never really has been a problem. You're their English teacher and you come (laughs) home and they're not doing their homework or you're like, so you got to see. And now we're together, you know. I've seen so many kids and parents go through it because, again, Mm -hmm. small school, family oriented. So I'm hopeful that that's all going to go well. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm more disgusted by the fact that they will ever go through puberty and be high schoolers. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be girlfriends up in that school. And you'll know them and you'll Mm -mm 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 teach them. Mm-mm. Denial. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so the thing I was going to say, which I thought was, I, I thought of you guys instantly. Um, we were at a party over the 4th of July, and my cousins were there. And my cousin lives in Seattle, this particular cousin, and um, he had not seen my kids in a while, and so it was really, really sweet. Anyway, he overhears them talking to the other adults in the party, my good friends, and calling them by their first name. Hey, Janet. Hey, Chuck. Can you get me that Kool-Aid? Like, hey, Abby. Like, oh, just right. all first names. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, and he said... Is that okay with you? Like, your kid just called that adult by a first name. Which, for the record, I am very much of his generation. Like, we grew up, it was Mr. and Mrs., like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just never occurred to me. And I said, well, I think I think they call all my friends by their first name except this friend group. This friend right. group um, of uh, our unicorn group from mm-hmm. preschool. because, uh, And it was because of the Knights. Mm-hmm. It was because it was Mr. and Mrs. Knight... At school. At school. At school. Mm-hmm. And so Oliver calls you, or they still call you Mrs. Vespasian. I mean, yeah. like, and, and uh, it's just, it's part of their language. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting how they apply it. I mean, it's very situational. Yeah. Very yeah. situational. But, um, and I was asleep at the wheel, didn't even, like, this was not something I put a lot of time and thought into until somebody from the, from the outside that you know and yeah. respect says something about it. And I was just like... Oh my God! It's the downfall of America. My kids are calling adults by their first name, but oh you know, my gosh! Do that. But it, a lot of kids do these days. But, but I did agree. you? Uh, did you call your mom's no. friends by their first names? No. No, I did. Right? Really? You did? Yeah. And see, now it's so funny because you're the. I mean, your kids are all. All their friends are going to call you Mrs. Knight because mm-hmm. of the school situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. It blows some kids' minds sometimes in the hallway because they see me yeah. and they're like, "Aren't you Brady's mommy?" Yes. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. I work here. What? Like totally. total confusion, especially because I work in a different building. Context. And so they've never yeah. seen me in that context. And it's actually really enjoyable. I kind of get a kick out of it. <laughs> but you're right. Your boys always call me Mrs. Knight. Super respectful because, yeah, that's kind of one of the things about our school. But um, and it's funny because I have a counselor working for me this summer in summer camp who just graduated, just graduated in May. And uh, the other day she tried it out. She, she threw out a brook 
And then she was like immediately. Because now she's kind of like a colleague. Right. So the rules have changed. She's not going to get in trouble for that anymore. <laughs> so, and we weren't around students. Right. So it's fine. So she was like, hey, Brooke. And I looked at her and I was like laughing. And I was like, you did it. First time. <laughs> all right. And she was like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. You're Mrs. Knight. <laughs> it didn't feel good. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> but then I have other students who have graduated and they've become our really good friends. And that's yeah. the really nice part about our school is like next summer I'm going to – one of my alums' wedding in Breckenridge. You know, she only invited like 60 people and somehow we made the cut, you know? And so that's so cute. That's a really nice balance. It's a great school. And I'm glad that our kids have gotten to go there for the summer, uh, for part of the summer anyway. I mean, it's really, we can credit the genesis of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can. We all went there. So just to tell a little kind of wrap up story. So two weeks ago, all three of our boys that are the same age were all in Jedi camp together. Yeah. So I went to the close. Jedi Were you there? Ceremonies. I left town halfway through that day. I just did not go. Okay. Uh-huh. I went. <laughs> it was the all three of their performance at this Jedi ceremony was the perfect encapsulation of their personalities. Oh my so gosh. So Bowie, my son, participates but in sort of his own way in his own little bubble. Like sort of goes when he's supposed to go, but he's kind of doing another thing. Finn was in it. He was like he ran when he was supposed to run. He did the sword play when he was supposed to do it. Brady Mm-mm. took all his shit off and sat down on the floor and was like, "F this." Like, yeah, he was yeah, hundred percent. Like, he gives zero Fs no. always. Like, he, from the day he came of out of my body, yeah. he has been like, rules? I don't know. I don't understand no. those. That is so true. It was Oh, amazing. my God. That's so I, funny. I was I was loving, like, watching the scene, and there's all these little boys and a couple oh, little Oh, that is the most adorable it. little camp. And I was just, like, watching those three boys that I've known since <laughs> they were one year old, yeah. you know? And I'm like... This this sums it up right here. Like what just went down, and they no, they weren't in the same group, so none of them went at the same time. It was it was hysterical. Oh, that's, that's perfect. awesome. Yeah. thank you so. I'm much, so glad Brooke. that they could have that time together yes. too. Yes. Like that made me feel so happy to see it during the day and like send you guys pictures and know oh, what's going yeah. on. It's it great because awesome. they all three go to different schools now. Right. So it's this. It's like on the side or in camp and things like that. Well, that and they it's get to too, come it's tough too because you're like uh, you guys have to be friends because mommy's Cause our we're friends. friends. Yeah. So so exactly. you don't get a choice in this matter. It's worked yeah. out well so far. Yeah, well, it's been really like, good. One of the teachers, um, the teacher that was their toddler class teacher and the first uh, one-year-old teacher saw Bowie in the hall. And she was like, oh, my God, I didn't know Bowie was here this week. I said, yeah, Finn is here, too. And she was his teacher. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I've right? got to find him. She's like, I can't even imagine him being this tall, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's even taller than Bowie now. Like, And she's like, oh, my gosh, because he was like the little guy when they were yeah. toddlers. So, yeah, rent. it was Yay. great. On anyway, that note. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Brooke. Yeah. All right, guys. And tune in next week. We've got another special guest. And don't forget to um, review us on iTunes if you haven't already. We would love it. That would help us out so much. Makes a big and, difference. Um, also, I just want to say a quick thanks to everybody that sent us all the great messages and all the nice conversation that we had on Instagram after the last two episodes, um, which we're a little more serious than usual. We talked 
talked about but um, important anxiety, yeah. postpartum anxiety, and one episode, and then about um, sort of preemie life and having a premature baby and infant loss. Um, so go back and listen to those if you haven't already. But we had a really great conversation going on, and we got some great messages um, from different moms. So join the convo on Instagram and uh, leave us reviews if you have a sec. Thanks. Bye. Sexy cat voice. <laughs> Smelly cat. <laughs> Smelly and sexy. No, Thank smelly cat much. from Phoebe Buffay yes, from Friends. I know, okay, I, you knew what I was talking about. Yes, I knew was the smelly no cat reference. Commentary on the on scent my of your voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.